You're listening to the Soul Whispers podcast. This is your guide to break out of your fears, follow the path that lights you up, and come home to yourself. I'm your host, certified life coach and soul whisperer, Jen Sway. Before we begin, know that wherever you are in your journey, you can trust yourself. You're being divinely guided, and your life is meaningful. Now, let's start the show. Hello, hello, friends, and welcome back to the Soul Whispers podcast. It's your host, Jen Sui, and if you're new here, welcome. I'm a Soul Whisperer certified life coach and certified hypnotherapist. I'm also a tarot reader and spiritual guide, which basically all encompasses into being a soul whisperer. My intention is always to lead you closer to your home for you to see the power, the beauty, and depths of your soul so that you can be your most authentic self. Today is a very special episode. It is episode 100 and it has been a very long time coming. I feel like I haven't been podcasting for too long but also a really long time. I've podcasted in three different homes now and you know I just had my birthday turned 26 and looking back at just my whole journey has been really interesting. I wrote myself a birthday card on my birthday kind of just celebrating myself really recognizing all the growth, all of the things I've been through, and just how resilient I've been (laughs) through all of it. I feel like I'm in a place where I have so much compassion for myself, so much love for myself. One of the biggest things that I've seen just come up and grow and develop over the years has been this voice of compassion and love that really sits in my mind now, where before I remember having so much negative self-talk so much, you know, just pity, self-pity, self-victimization, anger, blaming, um, judging, criticizing myself, other people. And not that that has gone away completely. I don't think that that necessarily ever goes away completely because we're humans, we have egos. But the majority, the large majority in the main filter that my mind goes through now is actually rooted in so much love, in compassion, in truth, in acceptance of non-judgment and open curiosity. And that has been like an incredible gift. I cannot express enough how grateful I am that it's there and that I have just decided to keep going on this earth journey as myself with you, with my friends, with my sister, and um, just commit to this life. And that being said, I was thinking what better way to have episode 100 than to reflect on my healing journey and really share with you the full unedited story of how I came to be. And I've been intending on sharing more in depth about my perspectives on suicidal ideation, on life-ending thoughts, and especially from a spiritual perspective with where I'm at now, so many things making sense of why I had experienced these life-ending thoughts, why I felt so disconnected, why I felt so purposeless, meaningless, why I hated life and was so nihilistic. All these things just make so much sense to me now. And when I say like I have this voice of compassion in myself, what that looks like is also being able to look at my past and not judge myself for where I was. Like I totally understand why younger version of me high school version of me, elementary school version of me was so so in such a dark place and hated life, hated people. Why I did so many things that were 
harming to me that I didn't even know and you know put myself through so much suffering because I really didn't know any other way. I've also been asked very very often now how I got into tarot, how I got into coaching, and now with hypnotherapy like why hypnotherapy, you know, and I realized that I never shared my story like in full with you guys on this platform. And I really wanted to be able to have one cohesive space where you can understand where I'm coming from. The main intention of me sharing all this is to just have you get to know me better, have you understand where my perspectives, my ideas, my beliefs have really grown from instead of just giving you you know all these all these perspectives it's really unique to my experience of how i got to the conclusions that i've gotten to why i believe certain things now and why i've let go of other beliefs and how i keep evolving as a human just constantly reevaluating things letting things go bringing in new ideas staying open and curious but also staying grounded in my truth and my knowing and my right or wrong and I want to bring you along this journey from, you know, my childhood to my adolescence to my early adult life in order for you to really see the depths of my feelings, the depths of my thoughts and what was going on. So you can see that decision making process as well and hopefully get something out of that. Now, the intention, like I said, is just to share. So if this helps you, that's awesome. But I'm not going to say, oh, I just hope that my story helps one person because I am not in control of that. <laughs> you get to decide that for yourself. And honestly, like I think some of my perspectives can be really triggering. Even some of the questions that I ask get triggering um, to people. And when I say triggering, I think what that really means is like makes people feel uncomfortable you know, and that's not a bad thing. <laughs> I've really learned to accept and embrace that for myself. But this is an invitation for you to consume this content responsibly. This and really any piece of content from anyone, but especially with me, consume responsibly. Take what you resonate with, take what's helpful for you and apply it in a very sovereign and self-led, self-empowered way. And if at any point something doesn't resonate with you, you can feel free to throw it out, put a pin in it, question it for yourself. And if you need to take a break in this episode at all, uh, feel free to do so. So I've already kind of mentioned this, but trigger warning, there's going to be a lot of talk on suicidal ideation, on life-ending thoughts and mental health in general. I'm also going to be touching upon some experiences that relate to sexual assault, disordered eating habits, weight and dieting, as well as abusive relationships. So if any of that triggers you, like I said, feel free to take a break from it come back to it or just yeah <laughs> do do with that as you will now before we dive straight in i do want to start off with just some fun life updates as well as some announcements like i said i just turned 26 yay i feel very much so like an adult now um i feel much more responsible for myself i feel like my capacity for responsibility has grown a lot i totally understand the whole psychological principle of your prefrontal cortex not really fully developed until you're like 25 because i feel myself being so much less impulsive much more mindful and impulsive as in like i don't think i was ever like a super impulsive person where i would just like do things but i think it's worth like my mind where i'm not so like easy to judge easy to be swayed um in one direction or the other i 
maybe this is also my Libra rising, but I can kind of find that balance, that middle ground more easily and let myself take the time <laughs> to feel things out. The other thing that comes around with 26 is I remember being so stressed out even just last year about all of the things that are going to change, which is really just things like getting off like parents' health insurance and having to figure that out for yourself as well as dental insurance and it sounds so innocuous, right? Like that's just something that you do when you turn into an adult like just like doing taxes. Like I remember when I started my business and like filing for an LLC and how to do taxes and all the stuff and just being like overwhelmed by the thought of it. But then I actually did it and I was like, oh, this ain't that bad. You know, like you just you just figure it out. And that has added so much to my self-concept of being able to just be a really capable and resourceful person and understand that your mind is very rarely like a reliable narrator. Even through all of the work that I've done, all the training of my mind and my heart that I've done, like you still go through these things. You still go through life, all these stresses. And I just feel much more settled in myself, much more authentic in myself, my moods, like just very much so accepting of me where I'm at and of life. I also got my certification for RTT hypnotherapy at the end of January, which is super exciting because I've been really wanting to bring this modality into my practice to help guide people down deeper depths of healing more of their past so that they can code their reality to help them create the future that they want to have, right? Really manifest things easier and be able to be more present, more mindful, and be in so much more joy in their present day through hypnotherapy. I feel like I had all these tools for the conscious mind and how to deal with the conscious mind, everything from behavior change to neuroscience to psychology, um, positive psychology, right? Like affirmations and why that works and all these like almost like mind tricks and mind models to help get your conscious mind on board and really focusing on the concept that your mind creates your reality, right? That the mindset piece is the most important piece. But I kept seeing how there was still like resistance. There was still like this ladder of like to go step by step by step and kind of it being a lengthy process. And I remember just being like, there's there's more effective ways. Not that that's not effective. That's very important to be able to consciously, you know, get your mind on board with things and, and do the real time mental models. But from a subconscious level, right, being able to make things easier. Right? I'm always like there has to be a more efficient, more effective way, a faster way, even though like faster, not necessarily meaning just time, but just helping you move through things in a more effective way. And hypnotherapy was that thing. So I love that this tool like is just in my tool belt now. I've already done a dozen sessions and it has just blown my mind with how incredible the results can be in just one session. Like everything from uh, chronic health issues to stress um, and performance anxiety, hypervigilance in relationships to skin and hair problems. Like it's just the list goes on and on, as well as um, even this idea of not being so committed to life, right? Having had like life ending thoughts, but coming from a place where you understand that it's like a soul disconnect, I've been able to see like results in that as well from RTT. And I'm just very excited to see 
where it goes and how it continues deepening my client's results. And kind of one final announcement here, I recently just released the details for the next Soul Whispers retreat, which is happening March 16th to 17th in Sedona, Arizona. It's called Lucky in Love. It's happening over St. Patrick's Day weekend. And the theme being Lucky in Love comes from that energy of St. Patrick's Day where it's really like lucky girl syndrome. And if you think about what that really means, it's moving through this world in a way where you are in unison, in sync with the universe, where things are conspiring in your favor, where things are happening for you and not just to you. And you're open to these, these serendipities, these coincidences, these lucky scenarios where you just get to be greeted by like a happy surprise, by joy, by gratitude, by love all the time. And I'm combining that with the energy of being a lover girl, of being a hopeful romantic, and really wanting to root into your own self-love, the way that you show up, the light that you radiate out, and being able to attract in partnerships, relationships, opportunities that are aligned with you, that recognize you, that see you for your worth, because you have been able to do so. So all of the details for that retreat is going to be down in the description box. You can sign up now all the way up to a few days before the retreat starts. So all that information is going to be down below. And I'm also going to be talking later on about soul whispering, how you can work with me one-on-one -on -one this year in 2024. And there's this portal that's open now on 222, which is this like divine union partnership energy of the 222 all the way until March 3rd, which is 3-3 and 33 being that number of alignment, being that like mind, body, spirit, things coming, coming in, in sync, like in unison with everything. This portal of 222 to 33 is going to be a really special time for you to start working with me one-on-one -on -one if you've been thinking about it because I'm going to be offering you a free ticket to the retreat in Sedona so you can kick off your experience next month in this really beautiful space, this intimate gathering of souls that are like-minded to be able to start off your journey with that like in-person connection and that big shift. I'm offering it just as a little bonus for this specific window of time. I don't want you to feel FOMO if you can't get in on it at this time. And also if you've been considering working with me one-on-one, -on -one, if you want to explore soul whispering, RTT, coaching, tarot, human design, and all of this goodness, in combination with actually seeing me in person, feeling that energy and really, I just I love in person things because it feels like a ceremony where you're just like, I'm declaring that I am a new person. Like it's like going on a vacation and coming back with so much new perspective that your energy just completely shifts without you really having to like do anything. So if you've been wanting to come to the retreat or working with me one on one, this is the perfect time to just get in on both of them. And yeah, like really massively upgrade yourself this year. So now let's get into the story. I think I already said the disclaimer, I'm not a medical professional, like not a th licensed therapist, medical advisor, whatever. Don't take what I say as medical advice, please consume this responsibly. Have my trigger warning, so let's just jump in. I'm gonna start with how I actually got into tarot. Even though I started off with coaching first, tarot is such a culmination of just my soul essence. I, that's like the best way I can say it. I have been very intuitive ever since I was a little kid. And I remember being a child in my bedroom, 
having these thoughts, which didn't really feel like my own. And I think now knowing what I know, I would say that they're kind of like whispers from my spirit guides. And it was telling me that I was meant to be here. I was meant to be here for a reason. I was meant to do something really big, something really important. And like, I, I had a purpose, right? Like I'm, I'm meant to do something here. And I remember being so perplexed as a kid. Like, what are you talking about? Cause I was just depressed as hell. I'm like, I don't even know how it would have an impact. Like I really, I really don't get it. And that's the funny thing is like, you, you don't have to get it. That's kind of what life is about is like, you're constantly in this process of remembering them forgetting and remembering them forgetting then remembering and forgetting. It's the reason why we can feel like so like lit up to um, change our lives and do better for ourselves and be a better human and be more purposeful. And then we get settled back into like scarcity with money or with time and like, oh, taking advantage of blah, 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 blah. And then, and then we remember again, right? Like that is the journey. So this being said, like, I really have this perspective that when we're born into this world, we are conscious, but without memory. Okay, so like, we are fully conscious, we are fully alive, we're this pure light. And if you imagine this like, orb of golden, pure white light in your chest or something in your soul, that is like your essence. That is a piece of divine energy, of source, of universe, um, of God, if that, that terminology resonates with you. And I feel like that that's what lives within us. Okay, that's where we come from. We're literally made of stardust. Okay, so even if you want to get really pragmatic and scientific with me on this, you're born from stardust. Okay, we're all just matter. We all are just made up of matter in this world. We're all just these little atoms put together. And that being said, we all have this unique individual energy to us. And this is where my perspective of there is the human with the ego, and then there's the soul as well as spirit. I find that for me, I don't actually know if this is an accurate definition of like other religious texts or something like that. But to me, the soul is actually like not unique to the individual. That's that light that I was talking about that comes from source that that connects us all. I think your spirit is your individual self. Now, I'm sure that there's it could be flip flopped. Okay, but that's the way that I use it for myself is like the soul is so connected to this divine oneness, like my soul can recognize your soul. And therefore, we could be soulmates, right? Like we have that instant recognition that love between us, my soul has a specific like it's that frequency that we all can connect to that moves through this world that nature connects with. And then my spirit are things like my desires that I come up with, the mission that I have, the the meaning that I put into life, the the that filter. Like that's what it is to me. And when we're born, we're just like that pure light, that pure soul, right? Now, what happens is as you live life, you get layers and layers and layers of conditioning so you can think of this like putting a blanket or putting a jacket over this light and just continuously this thing happening where okay maybe like for me right in my journey from the ages of like 3 to 18 it was really just learning that life is about doing things that you don't want to do life is about like who you are and your value of who you are 
is based off of what you can do, your accomplishments, how people see you, if people like you, and not who you actually are. It's not about being yourself. It's not about uh, doing the things you like to do. It's about doing the right thing. It's about doing the good thing. It's about being successful. It's about you know making other people happy. And for me, that looked like you know, being put into piano and violin from a really young age, a lot of like Asian kids can resonate with that and not wanting to do it. Just really not understanding why I had to sit by this piano and this violin and practice for all these hours. And I was told that I was really good at it, that I was very talented at it. So much so that I literally performed in Carnegie Hall when I was like, I don't know, four years old or five years old. And it was really interesting because uh, after that, I quit. I quit with my sister, who's older than me. And I quit when I was around six years old, where I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't like this. And yeah, I, I just am quitting. And very soon after that, we both picked up golf. Now, my sister really loved golf. She wanted to golf. My dad golfed and she wanted to learn kind of like he did. And me being the younger sibling, I was just toss around and like follow them, right? Because it's just easier to bring both kids to the practice and, and all this stuff, which I totally understand. I also did not enjoy it. I think the common theme was I didn't like feeling like I didn't have a choice. I didn't like that I was forced to do things, told to do things, like guilt tripped into doing things too. Because so much of growing up was like, we put in all these resources, we put all this money into it. And my parents are immigrants. They're immigrants from China. They came to the States with like, two suitcases and $800 in their pocket, like that whole story, right? And and built their life and all the stuff up to support us in, in this way. So there was a lot of like feeling really responsible for my family's happiness, my my mom specifically, their her approval of me, like kind of living my life in accordance to her. And especially with golf and music and stuff it was like oh you're talented at this thing so therefore you should do it i want to just set that record straight right now you can be really good at something and not want to do it <laughs> okay not want to do it professionally you don't have to make money from it there's a lot of great artists in this world who they just want to make art but they don't want to monetize it you know they don't want to make money from it they don't want to make it their full-time career and that is okay you're allowed to have hobbies you're allowed to just do things you're allowed to be good at something and not want to do it you're also allowed to be bad at something and not want to do it you're also allowed to be bad at something and really really want to do it and grow your skill set to be able to do it but for me <laughs> with golf too naturally talented naturally gifted just blah, blah, blah. and uh that led me down from six years old to 18 year olds playing competitively and developing a very like jaded view on a lot of things it made me really depressed um it really fucked with me and i i don't like using that language right now nowadays because of the whole like you know you want to be careful about what you say and put into your mind but there's really no way around it like golf was honestly one of the worst experiences for me for my life it was life altering in a not so great way because as a kid like that light that was inside of me all I wanted to do was make art. Like I connected so deeply with drawing, with painting, with sculpting, with pottery, with arts and crafts, with poetry. I loved poetry. I loved writing. I loved creative writing. And I was actually like really naturally good at those things too. But 
it wasn't seen it wasn't fostered it wasn't valued it was always like like my my mom let me take art lessons but it was always like with this caveat of oh this isn't so serious though like you can't do anything with this artists make no money it's not stable blah 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 and so i think because of that it really toned down my light with it and i just decided like i wasn't couldn't edit enough and whatever it was and uh, I, I get really sad thinking about that and also showed up later on in life when I was in college because I started a little vegan bakery and I really wanted to kind of go full-time with it um, I wanted to actually build out a bakery a vegan bakery but my mom said something among the lines of not even among the lines that she verbatim was like uh, I did not pay for you to go to school so that you could become a baker like anyone can do that so Again, um, I did not have a strong enough will in myself, enough self-trust and dedication to my truth and what I wanted to do yet, and I let that sway me. When I was a kid, I was also really drawn to the spiritual side of things. I had heard about tarot. I heard about astrology, and I really was intrigued by it, but I didn't let myself explore it. I had a lot of premonitions as a kid, like crazy stuff of having visions of things that were happening in the future that I knew were in the future, but I had no idea like how to make sense of it. I would just see these like little images, these little clips um, from my perspective, from my eyes, and it would happen whether it was the same day, a week later, years later. I remember I had some premonitions as a child that didn't come true until I was in college, but then it was always like these moments of deja vu almost where in the moment when I'm in that particular scenario, I remember having had seen it, you know, when I was a kid, when I was like falling asleep at night or something like that. And the veil is so thin for children, the veil meaning like the the veil between the conscious and the subconscious, the veil between this current reality that we experience in the material world and the spiritual world and you know all the different multi-dimensional aspects that there are of this universe like the veil is so thin and we're so connected and so tapped in as kids but we become so disconnected when all those layers of conditioning all the layers of doing things we don't want to do and not listening to ourselves not trusting our own internal guidance system not speaking up for ourselves being abused blah 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 all that shit piles on to the point where our light is dimmed where it just feels cold now and we feel so disconnected from ourselves. We don't remember who it is that we are. We don't remember that we come from limitless potential. We don't feel capable in ourselves and that is incredibly depressing. And that's what happened for me. By the time that I had actually discovered things like tarot and astrology, I was already in a place where I had been so deeply conditioned to not trust myself, need to do things that were like useful and legitimate and good for, I don't know, other people, like the, the look of it, where I was afraid of being judged, especially like seeing people at school and high school, like kids are so mean, right? Like, <laughs> like being bullied for being goth or for being weird and liking Ouija boards and stuff like that. I'm not into Ouija boards, just saying, but like, because that, that shit is, is wild to me. I do not want to be communicating with any spirit like that. But things like astrology even and tarot, people saying things like, oh, it's so general and like it's BS and it's a scam and whatever. So I was just like, 
yeah, it's not true. It's not real. It's so generic. Like anybody can relate to that thing, right? And then I would go home and <laughs> I'd be looking up things like horoscopes and what does it mean to be an Aquarius? And at the same time, it was funny because when I was at home in my room, I could have totally just gone down rabbit holes and secretly been like super knowledgeable in astrology and stuff. But I felt like I almost had this little like person watching me from the outside. And this is what I think gets developed for all of us is this inner critic or this, this judge that is just sitting in our mind's eye, kind of seeing everything that we're doing. And even if no one else is around, we feel like we're being judged. We feel like we're being criticized. We feel like we're being watched and that we can't do something that is like, quote, cringy or wrong or whatever. And I remember this feeling too when I started really getting into self-help and personal development where even saying things like affirmations, putting sticky notes on my mirror and saying it out loud. It's like me saying it out loud felt so cringy, felt so unacceptable, felt so like like I was going to get made fun of because I was making fun of myself. But it came from that little inner critic, that little judge that we develop as a kid when we no longer have this cheerleader within us that's like, hey, no, you can do things and like go try it out. And you want to go climb that tree, go climb the tree, right? It gets replaced with our parents' voices or teachers' voices, society's voices, peers' voices, bullies' voices that are telling us that we're not good enough, that we can't do something, that we're stupid, that we're whatever, that it's dumb. And that's the lens now that we live from. So having had been very intuitive, but also having all these experiences where I wasn't allowed to be myself, I couldn't be myself, I didn't feel safe enough to be myself. I also didn't feel like I could say no to the things I didn't want to do without being punished in some way. Like that just obviously made me hella depressed. And by the time I was in fifth grade, I had suicidal ideation. Like I started having life ending thoughts and it was so tied to golf. It was because of like tournaments that I didn't do well in. And then I would get yelled at. I would be berated. I would be, you know, told of like who I am. Like I didn't really try. Like I don't really want it. And like all this, all this stuff that really hurt me as a kid i also like just wasn't like a super popular kid <laughs> like i had some friends but i definitely was not in the in crowd so if you want to talk about like why depression happens right there's three main reasons one is that i'm different right this belief that i'm different and therefore i can't connect with others there's this belief that i'm not worthy of like good things i'm not worthy of the love that i want i'm not worthy of whatever and therefore what i want is not available to me and the third is really just not going after what it is that you truly desire right it's not going after your heart's passions your soul's passions your soul's desires and I had all three of those. <laughs> my best friends in elementary school moved away, um, which impacted me way more than I thought I did until like I did hypnotherapy and I realized, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense now. I was never asked like, how, how are you feeling? Or like, how was school and all the stuff when I got home? It was always just like, what grades did you get? And like, what homework do you have? And you know, all these goal-oriented things. So at a young age, I was very disconnected already from myself. I felt burnt out, which is really funny for like a fifth grader to say, if like a 10 year old were just to like come up to you and be like, I feel burnt out. Um, I'm emotionally numb and I feel very disconnected. It'd be like, 
what is, why <laughs> like aren't you supposed to like go and have fun no no like i was not having any fun in life my schedule wasn't my own my life didn't feel like my own it was just a dark time and that is the whole journey of being unconscious i think is that now it was just i felt so disconnected from my power as i started to continue going deeper and deeper into life and growing up like things just felt like i couldn't catch a freaking break now starting in middle school and also developing these disordered eating habits unhealthy body image comparison whatever as well as stress of having to perform a certain way pulling all-nighters as well as moving into high school where I was sexually assaulted at 14 by um, a peer of mine who was my boyfriend at the time, but he was four years older than me. He was 18 and it was definitely not, <laughs> you know, not a good situation and not my fault, but I definitely felt like there was blame for me. And that part of my journey is really where I see me leading myself into coaching and how I came into that. It was pretty much more or less the same, right? Just a lot of doing things I didn't want to do, taking classes that I didn't really want to take, being around people that I didn't feel seen by, that I felt like I had to be somebody else um, in order to be liked, but not necessarily because I didn't feel like I could be myself, but because I really genuinely did not know who I was. I, like I said, have been so disconnected from like doing things that I really wanted to do that I didn't even know how to be myself. And it really frustrated me to go through high school, go through middle school, just wanting to be myself and so much advice being like, hey, just be yourself or don't be yourself. But you know, wanting to be myself, but just not knowing how that even works, you know, because at that time being myself meant being in essentially a trauma response, being very reactive, being angry, being dismissive, being um, a people pleaser, being depressed and sad and just nihilistic. And that also didn't feel like being myself, like even going through it, I think there is this intuitive knowing that that wasn't right either, right? That something was wrong, that that's just how I am. Like I'm just a depressed person and like I just have these really dark thoughts and whatever, like that just being who I was too also didn't feel right. But I thought it was normal. I thought everyone went through depression. I thought everyone was anxious. I thought everyone has suicidal ideation, especially with the language of like, oh, like, you know, I just wanna kill myself, ha ha ha. Like there's so many people would say that like they would be stressed about something and then joke about wanting to kill themselves and i thought that they legitimately meant that i thought everyone legitimately was thinking about killing themselves all the time and it wasn't until college that i realized that that just isn't true <laughs> it's just not true the turning point for me was my freshman year of college my first semester where i had been away from home right and again really want to emphasize i was so disconnected from myself from my emotions from my soul's desires all the things right like i was just operating on autopilot of whatever my subconscious whatever my mind was telling me and i didn't realize that all of these symptoms of feeling anxious stressed burnt out suicidal like disconnected from friends all the stuff like i didn't see these things and like disordered eating habits and being nihilistic and all this stuff like i didn't see those things as symptoms of anything spiritual like i didn't have those perspectives at the time 
I just thought that that's just who I was or that something was wrong with me or that I was like mentally ill, like literally like I had depression or anxiety, but that's just like, that's just what it was. You know, that's it. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? I didn't realize it was so much deeper until college and until I found spirituality. So in my first semester of college, I got gotten into a really abusive relationship and it was emotionally abusive. It was codependent mutually toxic as well like i'm i was obviously you know not in a good place and by the end of the semester i was in a hospital for three days to be mood stabilized and essentially what that meant is like they just wanted to make sure i didn't kill myself in that first night at the hospital i witnessed a girl attempt suicide right in front of me and i was like oh shit (laughs) something's wrong here on multiple fronts one why the hell am i here like this does not feel right to me like something really fucked up must have happened for me to have ended up here because i was always the one who was telling people not to kill themselves i was the one who was telling people to like take care of themselves but like how did i get here honestly i was like i'm so much smarter than this like i wouldn't kill myself but at the same time like why do i feel like i want to so bad and i had to really like sit with that On another front too, I was like, how did this happen? That we're literally in a mental health hospital and this person is not getting better clearly. Something really is broken with our system. I remember being in this hospital where uh, they didn't have doors in the bathrooms, for example, because of whatever reasons that they had. I wasn't allowed to have wiring in my bra. And I was like, Honestly, I'm like, how the hell am I going to use the wire in my bra to hurt myself? Like, I can't even get it out, right? And luckily, there was a really nice nurse who, like, cut the wire out of my bra for me so I could still wear a bra. I was on my period, too, and I wasn't allowed to have, like, tampons, you know? Like, it was just crap. They had the shittiest food, absolutely disgusting. And also, as a vegan, I know that there's delicious vegan food, but that food is, like, trash okay like boiled guardian chicken boiled vegetables like tasteless awful and i remember being like how is anyone expected to heal and to feel better especially in a mental health hospital if your food is disgusting and that experience really shifted a lot of things for me on one hand it was in itself traumatic and then on the other hand it really was something that woke me up to being in my sacred anger And I had so much anger. I had so much anger and sadness, rage and grief that was locked up inside of me that I started to actually feel. And that was incredibly powerful because emotions are one of the ways that our souls speak to us. It's it's the way that our hearts speak to us. It's the way to understand if we are in alignment and our souls will speak to us through our emotions, through our intuition. And I remember being like, I am going to do something about this. I obviously am one person. I cannot heal the entire healthcare system, even though I would feel like I would want to. But like, I'm going to do something. And it was in that moment that I decided that whatever it was that happened outside, like after I got out of that hospital, like I was going to dedicate myself to helping the system in some way to helping people with their mental health to making sure that people don't end up in that situation because the system is broken and that's fucked up that it's even like that so if you don't know i studied health and human sciences with a concentration in psychology at usc 
being somebody who was studying psychology so much, like even in high school, it just really resonated with me. And I didn't want to become a therapist or a psychiatrist. I didn't want to work in the system. I felt like there was so much outside of it that really needed me more than in the system. As I continued to go through my healing journey, after I got out of that hospital, I went on medication, went to therapy. After two months, I was just like, cool, this medication helped and stuff. And therapy is like, a great release to just like cry about my mom for an hour but it's not helpful and i remember looking up like my medication specifically and seeing that people have been on it for like 15 20 years and i'm like that is not me that's not gonna be me that will never be me i do not want to be on medication for the rest of my life there has to be another way and this is where i say like if you're on medication like don't just stop taking your medication okay you might really need it it might be really helpful for you i will say for me personally I was like, there has to be another way. Especially this idea that like depression and anxiety and stuff like this is caused by a neurochemical imbalance in the brain and that medication can fix it. It's literally BS. It's not founded in science. Like you, there's no way to test neurotransmitter like a neurochemical levels. <laughs> you can't test it. You, you can't. Um, and so it was based off of a theory that just like sounds like it makes sense, but it's not actually found. That's why there's so many people who do not get helped by it because it's not just something that you can chemically induce somebody to be happy with. So much of it is rooted in the way that you think, in your behaviors, in your lifestyle, in systems that you don't have control of, and all these different things. But it comes down to like, it's not just something that's purely physical. It is so much mentally, emotionally, spiritually an issue. And so for me, I just knew that that just was not the route that I wanted to go on, that I was going to dedicate myself to fixing that root cause because I knew that like how I was living my life was just not going to work for me, right? Like I had to make this conscious decision at like 18 years old where I could have easily just off myself, you know, like we all could just easily off ourselves. And that's the thing is like, you have the power to, you have the right to, even though as a society, we have this law against killing yourself, that's great and all to take the stance that, you know, as a society, we don't want people killing themselves. That's a good thing. And also, you have the right to, you have the power to. And I think that that's what really it comes down to is that when you're going through suicidal ideation, when you have life ending thoughts, it often comes from this place of you just feel powerless in your life, that you don't have control over your schedule, you don't have control over your energy, you don't have control over anything, that you feel like you're putting in all this effort and not getting anything out, or you know you can't connect to people no matter how hard you try, whatever it is. And because of that, that life ending thought, the thoughts of killing yourself seem so seductive because you're taking your own life, right? You're taking your life into your own hands, literally but not in an empowering way, in a distorted way. And that's what I really want you to understand here, that suicidal ideation is not a mental health problem. It is a spiritual problem. It is a spiritual disorder. It is a dis disease of the soul. It is a disconnect from that light that we were born with because of all the filters, because of all the conditioning that has made us feel like we cannot, should not be ourselves. 
that we cannot desire the things that we desire, that it is bad, that it is wrong, that we cannot create the life that we want to create because it's not meant for us. It's not for people who look like us because we're not good enough, because we're not worthy, because it's not available to us. We don't have the resources, whatever it is. It's because of that bullshit story and all those narratives and just how often we have heard it and we have told it to ourselves that is creating this disconnect from our souls and creating suicide ideation, creating life-ending thoughts. And I don't want to glaze over the fact that, yes, our society is messed up in a lot of ways and the system does not help. But at the end of the day, it's like, if that is true, and then what? Right? Like, if it's true that racism exists, which it is, what are you going to do about it? Because you can choose to sit and complain about it. You can choose to live by the filter that, like, those are the reasons why you can't have what you want to have. You can sit with the feeling and fear and all this stuff. Or... You can choose to be courageous. You can choose to show up anyways. You can choose to believe a different path. You can go out there and actually talk to people and find new people who you resonate with, who race isn't even a conversation. It's never about just that, right? Like you can find a different reality if you want to believe in it, if you have the capacity to envision it and believe in it before you have the evidence and live in that way until you attract the evidence to you. It is possible. But first, you have to be connected to your power. And that comes from coming back home to yourself, to your soul, of lighting yourself back up, of letting yourself feel your feelings, of doing things that you actually want to do, doing the things that you want to do for yourself, of stop living small and afraid and have the courage to actually take risks for yourself. Because here's the thing, you already know how to work hard. If you're like me, I knew how to work hard. I knew how to stay up late and burn the midnight oil. I knew how to get people to like me by putting them their needs in front of my own, by saying things that I didn't really mean, by doing the things that they wanted me to do and not what I wanted to do, by not speaking up, by not setting boundaries. I knew how to do all that stuff. If I know how to go through that much pain and that much suffering, like there is definitely a capacity for me to go through a different type of pain and suffering that is in the direction that I actually want to go, that I'm choosing to go, because it's going to give me the result that I want to get. Whether that was in my mental health of I'm not going to go to therapy, I'm not going to go to this medication, I'm actually going to go down this route of like actually changing my behaviors of breaking up with somebody who was not right for me who did not make me feel good about myself. I went abroad and studied in Australia where I put myself through the discomfort of going to a new country alone, not having really known anybody, and letting myself enjoy the culture, enjoy my time there, connect with other people, be more of myself. I cut off all my hair and like, you know, took the risks of not liking it, of maybe that hindering me in dating in some way or like whatever. I had a lot of interesting beliefs. <laughs> But I just decided to go through a different type of discomfort, a different type of discipline, a different type of pain, a different type of, you know, growth in order to get to where I wanted to be that were that's actually driven by my curiosities and my desires. And that's how things started to change for me. So it was through all of those experiences that I really came into coaching because I saw the power of my mind. I saw the power of decisions. I saw the power of the filter of in which you perceive yourself, in which you perceive others, and you perceive life, being able to drastically affect the way that you feel and what you do with your life. You know, tapping into the feeling of gratitude for the first time where I was in Australia, I remember this so distinctly. I was walking from campus to downtown to go get some boba. 
And I had decided to skip class because all the classes at the University of Melbourne were recorded and I could just catch up later. But what I could not catch up on is the time that I was there in this new country by myself at like, I don't know, 21 or something or 20, 20 years old. So I decided to go for this walk and go get some boba, treat myself and feeling the sun hit my skin, feeling this joy in my body, um, feeling this alignment. And it was like this little spark of that soul blasting through all those layers of conditioning to be like, hey, I'm here. I'm still here. And once I felt that feeling, like I could not go back to feeling like I didn't feel it before. Before that, all of my gratitude was intellectualized. And at that moment, it was like something I viscerally felt so powerfully that I was like, this, this is the purpose of life. The purpose of life is to live. Like, that's it. And to this day, I hold that belief so strong that all of our purposes, all of our soul's purpose is to live, is to be ourselves, is to be free, right? And our purpose is not this grand thing of service to others. I think that's where our spirit comes in of like my spirit's mission um, is, is here to help elevate consciousness, to bring people to the power, beauty, and depths of their souls um, and to awaken themselves to that. But me, myself, and I, like my purpose, my soul's purpose and how I'm going to be able to best express my mission is going to be through being myself, through feeling free, through going through all of those things in life and enjoying all my experiences in life. So it was through that that pretty much immediately I felt the calling to become a health coach to help people make peace with their bodies with food because at that time that was the first thing that I had really discovered for myself was like I no longer hated my body. I felt so much more intuitive with my eating. I went from really like being disconnected not just from my soul but from my body, okay, where I think that's one of the first symptoms is that you're not connected with your body. You're not connected with your circadian rhythm, with when you're tired because you've overrated your signals so much. Like if you're tired so that you can stay up all night and finish a paper or you override your own social battery because you feel like you need to be at this party or that you need to go and like network or you need to go and like connect with people that you don't honor your own social battery and you don't even honor your own hunger cues or your um, thirst cues or your body's cues that you need movement and all these different things so you you keep overriding all these things even just think of it as simple as like overriding your own body's urge to like fart or something or to like go poop because you're in a public place and you don't want to make us like you don't want to make a big deal you don't want other people to know that you pooped at school or something so you you just don't do it like you do all of these crazy things to override your own body's natural wisdom. Like, of course, you're going to have a hard time trusting yourself, trusting your intuition, trusting your decisions, trusting your business decisions, trusting your relationships, because you can't even honor your own body. Like, that's how wild it is. So for me, um, learning things about like intuitive eating, being able to come out of diet culture of like stop using an app to tell me how many calories I can eat and how much how many burpees I need to do in order to burn off that like smoothie I had or to like have to look up places and restaurants ahead of time before going out with my friends so that I could choose the lowest calorie item like all this random shit that I was doing and like weighing myself all the time all this like meticulous planning all in an attempt to like control myself to manipulate my body so that I could fit in better so I could be happy with myself whatever it was whatever that goal-oriented thing was all that stuff I shed so quick at this point in my life like when I was 20 that I was like all right I figured it out <laughs> it was literally like this feeling of like I figured it out now I gotta go help people do it 
especially for women, like it honestly pisses me off so much when I hear women talk about weight or wanting to diet or in any way manipulate their bodies. I'm just like, stop it. <laughs> like you're wasting so much time, so much energy. You're literally life draining yourself. Like this is draining your your life force, your energy, your soul's gifts by focusing on all this BS that isn't actually yours. It's society's or it's your parents or it's like an ex's or whatever it is. And it is draining your life force, keeping you away from your true self when you focus on all that stuff. So me being able to help women from this place and me wanting to become a personal trainer was so rooted in like, I'm going to be that person who's going to, if somebody comes up to me and wanting training for me, and they say that they want to just like lose weight, I get to be that person to really check in with them on why and helping them ground their reasons why in a really self-serving self-loving way rather than a place from hatred and from a place of have to and from an unhealthy place of dieting because there are so many personal trainers out there i will tell you this straight up there are so many freaking personal trainers and coaches out there who are going to just do what you want them to what you you say you want which is give me a diet plan or give me this exercise plan or whatever and tell you that certain foods are bad and like this is good for you and this is bad for you you shouldn't do that and you need to stop doing that and if you just blindly follow it without listening to your own intuition without checking in with yourself and what feels good to you what you actually want to do and what are your priorities right because it's not sustainable to just be on a really really strict diet for the rest of your life especially if your priority is like connection or I don't know experiences and all these different things like you don't want to limit yourself in that way but you think you have to change all these different aspects to get to a specific goal is like is that goal really worth it and to what extent right like we don't think about our priorities we don't think about the nuances and there are so many people who are just going to help you get to step b without really looking at like where are you even going like what is that long-term result and then choosing what is the next step in alignment with it so i needed to make sure for me that that's how i was showing up and that is how I keep showing up. That's why I'm a coach. That's why I do spirituality work. And like, it's just, I care so much about the long-term implications of shit and not just you get to the short-term goal. And like, yeah, you do. It's like, no, like how sustainable is it? How aligned is it? Because that is actually going to be what you can commit to. That's going to be what lights you up. That's going to be the way that when you go down the path, it's not just you getting to a certain result it's actually that that path helps you evolve into the highest version of yourself that every challenge that you meet on that path is for a bigger reason and it's not just a challenge that you need to overcome to build some resiliency so that you can show yourself that you can do the hard thing no it's you overcoming this this obstacle this challenge and you showing yourself you can do the hard thing in alignment with where you actually want to be in who you actually are in what's important to you that's what matters <sighs> okay so I hope that with all this that I'm saying, it's starting to really build a picture on why I became a coach. Okay, the mindset piece, the heart set piece, all from coaching. Now the tarot piece is really, really interesting. And I started off with that piece because I just want to share, share with you and show you just how much time passed before I actually let myself own the fuck out of my spirituality <laughs> and be a tarot reader. It took a lot and honestly took until very very recently for me to own spirituality own being a tarot reader and own the legitimacy of it because all of that deep conditioning especially in education in 
building credibility through degrees, through certifications, through experience and evidence that you other people can see rather than my own deep knowing and my truth of what works and what doesn't work and what is aligned. I had to go through so much deconditioning, even though I already had so much knowledge as a coach um, and from my own personal experiences and from whatever, like it took a lot for me to actually implement that into my own life. And a few years ago, I think this was like 2021, I want to say, I got into hypnotherapy and hypnotherapy and tarot really coincided with each other. I at the time was going through some money blocks in my business that were coming up because I knew that I had um, these narratives, these beliefs about money that stemmed from my childhood, from the way that my parents talked about money. And I wanted to move past it but it wasn't working for me to just go at it from a really conscious level by just doing thought work about it and changing my thoughts about it being aware of like unintentional thoughts and whatever or like doing things differently it was just really really sticky and so i found a hypnotherapist randomly through instagram who specialized in this modality of rtt rapid transformational therapy which is what i got certified in and i really loved her energy she was very spiritual as well I reached out to her. We did a consultation. I was really skeptical of hypnotherapy at first, but after telling her all the things I was going through and why I was interested in it, I was like, this seems like a really good fit. And I just had to trust myself, trust myself to make this investment with money that I felt like I did not have at the time. Um, and just trust myself that like whatever was going to happen, like it was going to be good. Like I was going to get something out of it. And I was mind blown, honestly, with like the results that I got from it because I didn't realize how much stuff was just like in my subconscious that were coming up that were still holding me back. Within a month, I was already like feeling so much more clear minded. I didn't even really remember what the symptoms I came to her for were. And then by month two, where we where we really focused on me feeling confident and trusting my intuition, I felt like, you know, I had shed so many layers, right from that light, I had shed so many of those layers that would have taken me a much 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 longer time consciously to try to go over because it's stuff that like i didn't even remember right it's stuff that you're just not even aware of and i really do believe in this one of the principles of rtt which is that you can't heal what you don't understand and that's what hypnosis does is that you understand from a subconscious level because on a conscious level this is why we can do so many things where we can go through the healing journey and even for me, like understanding like why I was going through these challenges of like, okay, well, this comes from my mom criticizing me and therefore that's why I don't believe in myself or that's why I criticize myself or, you know, I have this need to have to get everything on sale because my parents taught me this thing and whatever, even though I know that's not true. Or, you know, you, you think that you have to uh, date somebody of a specific type um, even though that's not what you really like and you know that that's not true because that's just not who it is that you are but you still feel this urge to date by this filter like all this stuff that you think you already know why where it comes from but it's just not changing it's because there's not a depth of understanding that's coming from a subconscious level where you're energetically able to receive it because there's probably something that is like protecting you that there's like a use case there's a utilitarian purpose for that belief to still exist that your subconscious is holding on to and until you can do that work through like something like hypnosis through shadow work through energetics um to be able to loosen up the sediment of like what that is like i really think 
RGT is Gugon for your brain. When you can do that, you can actually let it go and create the space for something new to come into it. So RTT was really, really helpful for me. And it was pretty soon after that, like the next year, I found Tarot. And it was on recommendation of one of my uh, coaches that I worked with, who's a marketing coach, but who really was like a spiritual life coach and like guide who recommended that I look into tarot because it's a really great way to kind of get your brain out of the typical linear thinking that you typically have and have this new stimuli that pops up like it's it's a new circumstance that allows you to go down a new thought right it's a practice of your intuition it's a tool to help you connect and so i found a deck of mystical cats tarot which is to this day one of my favorite decks of all time because it's just all these really cute cats all in the tarot and i remember going through so much resistance in my own head. So kind of that like little judge that I had mentioned before that's like watching you and judging you, even though you might be alone, even though you're in a safe space. I remember being like, I don't know, like this is kind of cringy or like, mm, or am I going to be judged for this? Like, is this even credible? Like whatever. And I just like, was like, whatever, I don't really care. And I'm, I'm thinking about one client that I had in mind that actually really like, for whatever reason, I think it hit upon a sore insecurity for me, which is that like I felt like I needed everything to be credible and legitimate and that I had to know enough in order to be considered like an expert and to be recognized. And he was very science-based. He was he was a professor, he was very, very intelligent in in science, um, in math and all that stuff. And I knew that they had some not negative but like some differing views on spirituality and stuff like uh channeling mediumship tarot and all this stuff all this different stuff and because i was working with them at the time i think that there was a piece of me that still was looking at it from their filter where i was afraid that they would judge me that they would you know they would lessen my legitimacy my credibility and like have less weight on on my perspectives on my advice on my coaching and stuff if they knew that I was so highly spiritual, which is just kind of funny how, how that happens sometimes. And I remember just having to be like, F it, like, I don't care what people think if I post about it and whatever. And if anything, I went through a lot of exposure therapy with this stuff where I do let people see on my social media, on my newsletters and all the stuff about who I am, about my journey through tarot and through spirituality. And it is really good because I realize that like people don't care <laughs> or not like people don't care, but it's like people can always self-select out, but that's with anything. That's at any point. And what really matters is like, what do I think about it? And do I enjoy it? And why do I enjoy it? And is it helping people? Right? So when I started using tarot, I just instantly connected with it. It, it just felt right. <laughs> like I, I don't know how else to really say it other than like, it's like, <laughs> you know, the image that comes up for me is like Thor with his hammer, how he just like puts his hand out, right? And the hammer gets into his hand, like no matter where the hammer is, because it's just his, it just feels right. It's like an extension of him. That's how I feel with tarot. When a tarot deck that I have chosen for myself that I resonate with is in my hands, it just feels right. It's just like, I'm connected to this thing. Like I am just on this roll. I get so many insights and it is one of the most beautiful practices that I've added to my life and also to my business because it was one thing for it to help me and to have fun with it, but also connect with it on like a serious level. But it was another thing for me to bring it into my coaching clients at the time and be like, hey, 
um, do you want me to do a tarot with you for this? Because things would come up where, again, like it would just be like feeding an already fed horse where we've done thought work on it. We have these tools, but there has to be another layer to this. And it was being able to help read into their energy, be able to really look at what is happening on a soul level, mirror their intuition through tarot because tarot is a spiritual tool to help you connect with your intuition be able to mirror their intuition and amplify it through the cards as well as give them that spiritual guidance and pragmatic wisdom that came from coaching to help guide them that was like completely game-changing for the efficacy of my coaching for my clients experiences of feeling seen feeling heard feeling held feeling supported and i fucking loved it I don't know what else to say. It's just one of the best things that's like come out of this whole journey is finding tarot. And I just really had to learn like, look, if it helps, it helps. And like anybody who wants to have their judgment on it, they're just not for me. Like I really had to get out of my head about feeling like I needed to be legit in some sense that this was going to take away from my credibility as a coach uh, and my degree and all this stuff like I felt such a strong like need to prove myself after I started doing tarot prove my intelligence and my guidance and whatever because I was like oh like it's not enough for me to just be in tune with my intuition and with somebody else's intuition like that's just too woo woo like people have to know i have this degree that i studied psychology that i have these certifications and that like i'm legit <laughs> like i do all this research like bitch now i don't give a fuck like you either love it like i do or you're, you're just not for me and it's like if something's more effective like why would you not want it that's why i had to like really reevaluate my offer and really bring more spirituality into it because i was just like it's cool if people just want coaching just from a mindset piece but like you know like how much stuff opens up to you when you bring spirituality into it when you bring things like human design and astrology and like tarot into it like you just it's so effective and i'm like why would you not want more effective guidance why would you want to take the longer route because you because of your ego thinking that it needs to be like evidence-based, like everything has to be evidence-based. It's like your personal experience is evidence. All these people's experience is evidence. <laughs> that's what science is. Science is all theory and practice. Like That's it. So that was my little rant on that, but that's how I came into tarot. That's how I came into coaching. And that's how I came into hypnotherapy. Friends, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. It was a long one. And I kind of love that end cap of like from the beginning, it was always intuition. It was always spirit. It was always my soul that was guiding me and leading me. And I just had to go through such a roundabout journey, just like all of us do, um, of dealing with the 3D world, of our thoughts, of conditioning, of society, to be able to finally come back home to myself and to continuously give myself that permission peel back those layers and do the deep healing that needs to be done in order for me to truly feel free in my life, which doesn't come from hitting a specific income goal, that doesn't come from a specific weight, that doesn't come from a certain prestige, but truly, truly, truly comes from a soul liberation of the freedom to be yourself, to think for yourself, to make your own decisions and to feel that connection with your power my goodness, it has been a journey and it continues to be, it continues to be. 
I'm going to end this episode with one final thing, and it is going to be a fun little card reading. I got this deck called the Chinese Five Elements Oracle that I really, really connected with. I got it on my birthday because I took myself out to a crystal shop as per usual, um, and I actually got two decks, but this one I really resonated with because it comes with Chinese cosmology which is really the Tao. it uses those concepts of yin and yang it uses the concepts of the five elements in chinese astrology or cosmology which is wood earth fire metal and water and it also combines the 12 zodiac signs of the chinese zodiac which goes from like the rat all the way to the pig and it combines all of those to bring insight so i really love it i'm going to draw a few cards from it and i will remind you right now of this portal that's opened from 222 to 33 where if you sign up and apply to coach with me then you are going to also receive a free ticket to the soul whispers retreat in arizona in march so make sure that if you are at all interested in it that you make the space to just do this little application even just doing the application too i will say is a really great way to clarify your intentions for yourself and what it is that you're wanting to create out of this life for this year for the season because the questions are really simple but really make you think about what is it that you're wanting what challenges are coming up for you and help you prepare for those things so soul whispering is open now and check it out in the description box and with that let's draw a few cards to see what final messages you need to hear from this episode Ooh. so we have three cards that popped up i'm just going to take all three of them we're going to start with the first one that was on top we have earth tiger and if you're watching the video, you can see the beautiful imagery of these cards. But Earth Tiger is number 15, which reduced down is the number 6. And 6 is the calm that comes after the chaos. It is this reminder of peace, of tranquility, of things like after they are hard, oftentimes like that comes right before, like things are peaceful and things kind of flow again. And Earth Tiger is all about breaking through the barrier. Funny thing about Earth Tiger is that this is actually who I am in the Chinese Zodiac. I am a tiger and like the year I was born is the element of the earth. So I actually know quite a lot about this card and it's about being able to create perspective, being able to look back. Like if you're too close to the problem, right, you can't really see the solution. But if you take a few steps back, you can really look at the obstacle that's in front of you and find a better way. And this is so much of like what I do of like in my business through soul whispering, through tarot, through hypnotherapy. And being able to be in this energy of being a human design projector too, like I'm literally here to guide. I'm literally here to be um, that bird's eye view to help guide the energy to see things in a new way. And so I think for this to come up in this reading is really like a reminder for me to tell you about what I do, uh, not just through soul whispering, but right now, all the different ways you can work with me one-on-one -on -one in 2024. It's really three main ways. One is through tarot coaching, and this is individual sessions. So if you are having like something acute coming up for you that you really want to just get instant clarity and connection with and confidence in moving through a decision that you're trying to make or hear something that you're, you need to hear right now, you can book a single session with me and I'm going to be using tarot as well as oracle cards to help guide you and also ground it in some pragmatic coaching to help guide that conversation so that you can really get something out of it in knowing what their next step is 
So those single sessions, you can book with me on my site or on my Instagram. There's a book now button, which is really fun. The second way is through RTT. And I have a one month and three month option for this that includes a coaching call at the beginning to really get clear on what you're trying to create, the obstacle that's in your way. So when we talk about the earth tiger and it's saying breaking through the barrier, it's like, what is it that you're really trying to break through? And also what's on the other side of that barrier? So that's what that call is for. And then the RTT session in itself is about 90 to 120 minutes. So an hour and a half to two hours long, where we go into hypnosis. There's a whole structure for that. So I won't bore you with all the details. But that being said, if you're curious about really doing the subconscious work and being very effective with moving through your challenges, you can check that out on my site as well at gensoy.com slash RTT. The links will all be in the description box and you can book a consultation for that. And the last thing is soul whispering and soul whispering is an all access pass to all of my gifts, all of my services. So it's a combination, it's a six month program and it's a combination of coaching as well as RTT and it alternates between RTT focuses like hypnotherapy focus months where we're doing the hypnotherapy and the coaching and that's like the main transformation that you're experiencing in that month and then the next month is a coaching integration where we're meeting weekly for these coaching sessions that bring in things like tarot human design mindset work heart set work and like meditation connecting with your soul self to be able to help build your toolkit in your mindset in your conscious mind as well as connecting you and remembering your soul so that you can amplify your intuition and really listen to it like that's what those months are all about is integrating it i'm very excited about it so if you're interested in that it's application only and then through that we move forward that will also be in the description box below if you're interested so second card we have number nine water monkey conquer your fears so again if you're watching the video you can see the beauty of this card water monkey is really coming as um with number nine all about completing old cycles okay so in after you're deciding that okay you gotta rest a little bit right you have your peace Think about all the cycles that you need to end, things that you need to get rid of in order for you to bring in something new. And with this being all about conquering your fear, like think about the way that water moves. Water is very like flowy, right? And when it meets resistance, it cannot flow anymore. So fear does not ever mean don't do the thing. Sometimes it means that, but oftentimes it means have the courage to go after um, or to, to do the thing anyways. Right. Without fear, there's no need to be courage. And so with any, any change that you're trying to make, any goal that you're trying to achieve, this new way of being, just remember that fear is not a sign to stop. It's not a sign to doubt yourself. It's not a sign to pivot. It's actually sometimes a sign for you to just, what we saw here, break through the barrier. Okay. So in order to break through the barrier, you just know that you're going to have to end some old cycles and you're going to need to conquer those fears to create a new cycle because once you break through that fear, it no longer has power over you, right? And when it no longer has power over you, you now are entering into a new paradigm where you're like more fearless because you've already conquered this thing and you've developed this belief that you're somebody who is able to move past those things. The last thing that we see here is the water dragon. And this year I think was the year of the wood dragon. So still a dragon spirit, but different energy here. This is number 29. And 29 uh, reduces down to 11. So master number 11. Okay, so master number 11 doesn't get reduced down to two. It just stays as 11. And 11 is this number of intuition. 
it is a very powerful number that's all about listening to yourself, new initiations, new beginnings, but specifically that are aligned with who it is that you really are. It goes beyond just like what you think you want and it goes aligned into like who it is that you are feeling your own personal power think about like the magician in traditional tarot and the magician being somebody who's so connected to their power to the elements to the resources knowing that they have the internal and the external resources to create the reality that they want to create so they can just go after it that's the energy of master number 11 and the message for you here is manifesting your dreams so with the water dragon it really is that like powerful understanding of you being able to go after what it is that you want and that like what what do you want wants you okay with all these things breaking through this barrier and conquering your fears and manifesting your dreams like it feels very straightforward right that's like a really straightforward story of when you are able to really see things from a bigger perspective get help get support get aligned support get somebody who can really see you um or be this person who can really see yourself see yourself in this light of having what it is that you want manifesting that dream and conquer those fears conquer the fear of putting money into what you actually want to do of showing up putting in the time putting in the effort of having like failure and having um yourself like walk through the fire almost like let yourself go through all of that because that journey is worth it very similar to what i had talked about earlier in this episode where you get to choose your pain you get to choose discomfort you know how to push yourself you know how to be uncomfortable and like really override things in order to get to where you want to be use that same energy but instead of overriding your body's wisdom and your desires override the fears override the doubt override the ego override the fear of what other people are going to think because that is going to be the thing that leads you to getting to where you want to be of manifesting your dreams friends this has been such a fun episode for me to record thank you so much for being here if you're here still to this end i love you so much i am very very appreciative of you of every single one of you listening to this of tuning in because it truly is such a blessing for me to do what i do if you found this helpful please let me know leave a review on spotify or on apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this send it to a friend that you think is helpful and help spread the word because it really does help me out and i hope that you have a beautiful wonderful rest of your day until next time stay well bye